As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Rob Bros. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Mr. Shooter Magooder. Shoots, what's up, dude? Well, I can tell you right now, I'm feeling a lot better than you are. You sure are. And uh, it's not often that I get to play this card, because <laughs> I'm either sick or hungover or whatever. You're usually, you know, angry about something, but yeah. for the most part... Right now, you're in rough shape, and it is nice to be on this side of the couch. Yeah, so it was my brother-in-law's wedding last night. Uh, congratulations to Chris and Laura. They got married down in Sea Isle. And as you guys know, I do not drink. This is not a hangover. However, I danced for three hours straight, like, without stopping. And they had, like, it was almost like a rave theme. Like, they had the glow sticks, but they were big styrofoam sticks. They were pretty cool, actually. I love those. Yeah, I like those a lot. Yeah, and they're like, a good prop. They had, the music was good. It wasn't just like, it wasn't just that, yeah. but they mixed that in between some like rap songs and stuff. It was a good DJ, but it was like literally nonstop. So I am wrecked right now. I went to sleep at like three in the morning. I couldn't sleep because we were in bunk beds with Lisa and Kyle <laughs> and the other. So it was me and Dev on one side of the room. I was on the top bunk, Dev on the bottom bunk. And then across the room was Lisa and Kyle, friends of ours. And they were sleeping in the same room. And I, when I sleep in situations like that, it's not that I'm uncomfortable. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm afraid that I'm going to affect everyone else's sleep in the room by either snoring or just, like, making too much noise. And I really don't snore as much anymore. Dev can attest to that unless I'm on my back. But I'm so nervous I'm going to ruin their night of sleep that I don't sleep. So I got, like, three and a half hours, maybe four hours of sleep. Yep. Got up. Tried to cook breakfast for everybody because I knew they'd be in like much worse shape than me because I wasn't hungover. So I drove around Sea Isle. There's no grocery stores there. Literally yeah, not. there's one Acme that I can think of. It's like over by, or we were in Stone Harbor, sorry. Oh, yeah, okay. And it's all the way. Short points, right, bud? Yeah, whatever. I don't, a lot of I don't give a fuck right now. <laughs> it was in Avalon is the Acme. So I was like, all right, well, what can I do? So I went to a cafe to get bagels to make breakfast sandwiches because Wawa's, uh, they sell bacon and eggs. Yep. I always know that. So I got bacon and eggs there. I went to this bagel stop. I was like, I need six bagels. They're like, we can't give you six bagels. I Why? Was like, Why not? They're like, you have to call ahead. I was like, for half a dozen bagels? I was like, how many can I get? They're like, three. I was like, give me three of them. So went back, cooked breakfast. What the point of the story is, I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. <laughs> and then when I got home, I had to watch OC, which I wasn't in a bad mood today. But I was teetering, and that sent me over the edge. So, yeah, I mean, that'll do it. And obviously, we're clearly releasing this a day later. Yep. But you didn't get a chance to watch OC in all of its glory. I made sure to do it earlier in the week, and I was sitting down watching football. And you were texting me about OC, just kind of going off about how terrible it is. And I really didn't want you to bring me down, because I knew that the podcast was going to bring me down. I know you didn't. I didn't. I said, I got you. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you did a good job. But... Yeah, the show fucking. Oh, God. It's man. brutal. I will share with you one funny story from the wedding that, uh, so in the beginning of like the reception, um, like they all come in or whatever, and it's the first song, and like they hit it with a banger. We're all on the dance floor. Everyone's jumping around. It was fun. Uh, the bride comes in, and I had a corsage on, right? Yep. 
pinned to my lapel here on the left shoulder and she wanted to crowd surf. So I picked her up on my shoulder, right? So she's sitting on my shoulder, we're bouncing up and down or whatever. The pin on my corsage starts stabbing me in the chest repeatedly, but I have the bride on my shoulders. I can't drop the bride. So I'm grimacing every single time I let her down. I have fucking blood on my white shirt. So my shirt's ruined. I can show you the shirt. after this. <laughs> That's how I started my evening. Oh my God. And it was again, it was a fucking blast. But yeah, that that's my one story for you. That's a good story. Yeah. I haven't heard that one before. Nope. That was a first for me as well. Well, that'll happen. That'll certainly happen. But yeah, I mean, pretty much what you're saying about like the, the DJ songs going in there. There's always like a fucking line dance, like the goddamn wobble or some bullshit like that. that no. Just, like, nobody ever asks for. That's when you take a break. You're out there for a little bit. I'm more, you're way more of the, like, we'll dance to anything. I will. I use props to dance around, and as I get drunker, then I do actually dance. Yep. There's always a break in there. You can go to the bathroom. You can go to the bar. You can go chit-chat with somebody while, like, some dumbass music's playing for a little bit. It sounds like you didn't get a break. Zero Got to be breaks. tough. They they had a couple of slow songs, and, you know, I'm, I'm a, actually a fairly solid slow dancer, so I like to showcase my skills a little bit, so I danced with Dev's mom. Shout out Susie Q and like threw her around the dance floor a little bit. Like I had to show off just just a touch. I'm like, uh, what is it in Wedding Crashers? He's like, I knew I shouldn't have danced. Why? <laughs> yes, <laughs> shouldn't have showboated. But overall, amazing night. I'm in a like, I was in a good mood today. OC brought me down, but enough about that. Hey, you're good. You just take the day. Obviously, OC brought you down. We get to do this, and then the rest of the night you get to chill. Yep. You got football tomorrow. We get the birds yeah, flying. I'll be down there early parking lot 9 a.m. And then, you know, you just get into the week. You'll you're right. You're right. Don't I appreciate that. I'm, I have a, like a decent disposition right now. I just wanted to regale you with some of the evening. That's all. How are you? Glacial regalia. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, let's let's get into this because, uh, again, this is a weekend episode. OC is going to take less than 10 minutes, honestly. Yeah. It's just a fucking train wreck. Uh, let's, let's just get into a little, uh, what do you want to start with? A little Rose and Thorn? Just you want to start with? A little Rose and Thorn. Let's go. I know we've got a good Thorn to start us off. And yeah, let's. kind of like a communal thing. It's a communal thing. I want to actually save that because it'll probably be our, like. Then start off with your Rose. Let's do a Rose. And this is just a quick one. And it's funny because it counters what we're going to talk about after. And I would argue what we're going to talk about after is actually a Rose for me. But first Rose from Jilly in Indy. Five stars is what it's titled, and she gave us five stars. Counteracting the political one-star review, these guys are great. And that leads me into our communal rose or thorn. It depends on how you want to look at this, our audience. I view it as a rose because this was gold. So this is from, and I have to read the name because I don't get it. And when you leave reviews, you type in the name that you want it to be. So this person chose this to go along with their review. I want the lying game now. Lying, not lying, lion. I want the lying game now. And it's a one star and says, stop being political, guys. And it goes. Or you will lose followers. Mention very slanted things about Bobbert, but zero about your effed up, mean, racist, gross Fetterman. Stay away from politics. Nothing good will come from it. So. (laughs) Speaking from experience, it seems. (laughs) So, look, for those of you that live under a rock. Lauren Bobbert, is it Lauren? Lorraine, who gives a shit? She's a Republican, and she was jerking off a man over his pants in a regional performance of Beetlejuice, okay, while he was grabbing her by the boob, and she was ripping fat clouds on her vape pen. Now, 
We do not take stances politically on this show, as we do not want to talk about it, and we don't want to hear about it in the comments. However, if you can't objectively look at that situation left, right, up, down, and say, that's ridiculous, what a crazy story, and not see the humor in it, especially considering that her platform is going against drag queens reading books to children. That's her big platform because it says it over-sexualizes children, which is insane. But if you have that platform, and then in turn, are giving a man an over-the-pants handy, a good old-fashioned OTPHJ, in a regional performance of Beetlejuice, and you can't laugh at that, then there's something wrong with you. I don't even I, I, I don't even need to talk about Bobbert again. I want to talk specifically about this comment because there's so many weird things about it. I was just One, laying the scene. You want us to not be political. We were not political. No. I actually, to be fair, to kind of show where I am, I didn't know if she was Republican or Democratic. She's Republican. I do not care. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. They're all the same fucking people. Thank Who you. gives a shit? Secondly, you tell us to not go into politics and then say, or you tell us to steer clear of politics altogether, but then give us a recommendation on what we should talk about. Right. Do you, do you want us to go further into politics or stay out? I, I don't know. I, I don't lane. know where you want us. Yeah, pick a lane, buddy. Thirdly, we were brainstorming porn movie names yeah. for this situation. <laughs> what about that is political? I have no fucking idea. Everybody, it just, you know, look, maybe I'm too online as it is because I see all these things all the oh, time and like Twitter's Beetle like jizz. Beetle jizz works. Beetle jizz works perfectly. It's just so fucking funny. And the fact that like, I think we even saw it coming after we recorded that episode. We said, do you really think anybody's going to have a problem with that? There's always somebody, If as soon as you even allude to anything political, somebody's going to have a problem with it, which is why we tend to stay away from those things, yeah. because we don't care. It no. doesn't fucking matter. It has nothing to do with Bravo. This isn't like a lifestyle podcast. This is just a couple of bros talking about Bravo yeah. and hand jobs And hand jobs, OTPHJs. Yeah. And my big thing with it is like, I, I like reading that last line as almost a threat. Nothing good will come of it. What are you going to do? Take it from experience. What the f I'm very far in the trenches, as you can tell, because I'm now commenting on this. Yeah. <laughs> I stormed the Capitol and I got arrested. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's, I think that's it for, I think that's, yeah, I think for that's the week. Yeah. Uh, I got two roses, actually. Oh, nice. Let's, let's see um, yours. So this one is from Jen Janagogo. Oh, I like that name. Yeah. Uh, title is Now We Got Bad Blood episode. Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift. But. The comment has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. Been listening to you guys for a while now, but you literally just had me about to run up on a, over a curb because I was laughing so hard at this episode. Your Southern Charm recap was absolutely spot on, and the one comment that had me in stitches was about when they were golfing and your assessment of JT. Absolutely hilarious and completely agree. What rock did this guy crawl out from under? Was that... Oh, nope. Completely read that one wrong. Well, either way, appreciate it, Jen Janico. Yeah, that was funny. Love that. We did go pretty hard at JT. We're going to go hard at JT. You probably haven't watched Southern Charm yet. I did. We recapped. Oh, no, from this past week. No, no, no. I haven't. I All will right. say. I'm going to leave it up because JT takes another step. Well, then maybe I'll turn a little bit. I, I, You have gone much harder at him than I have. I think he's good for the show. I just think he's a wiener. You, you have like some of vendetta against him, which I like to see because I'm usually the one with an agenda. But it's nice to see the tables turn a little bit. I just bit. think he's a loser. Yeah. So, But, you know hindsight so when i see yeah. this next episode maybe it'll change yeah that's fair it, it, we'll just wait and see what happens yeah, yeah I will. One. uh and then my second rose nice and sweet from carmen san diego zoo oh. <laughs> dot 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 or i'm sorry the name of the title is all i want is dot 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 
More steel with an eggplant emoji. Yeah, I did see that one. The BDE has transferred over to you. I don't Thanks, know what you dude. did to deserve this. This is from last week. Maybe you went on a little bit of a rant and people enjoyed it. I don't know. People do like the rants. I don't know. But I did see that one. It made me laugh. I didn't want to read it because I thought it was too self-indulgent. It so is. It is. That's why I read it. Up. Thanks, yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah. Appreciate you. But uh, the only thing I want to talk about news-wise, and then I want to jump right into um, Salt Lake. But uh, actually, no, let's do OC first so I can get that shit over with. I think that's fair. Um, the only news is this, and everybody's seen it. And unfortunately, a lot of you listen to it because it's number two on the charts. Tom Sandoval, Scum Duvall, whatever you want to call him, that rat bastard started a podcast. Are you going to listen to this podcast? No. I'm not either. And Why a lot would I want to? I know that I'm going to inevitably see clips of it. Yeah. I'm going to actively avoid, at least like on Twitter and Instagram, to even watch or listen to them. But TikTok's a different animal. I mean, it's, I know it's going to pop up and I'll watch the reactions to it. I'll never organically see his actual page. No. Because I'll never go look for it and I'll never click on it. But. I know I'm going to see some of it. I'm going to hate it. I, in a weird way, understand why he's doing it. I think he waited too long to do it. You could do the Bethany thing and just put it out there immediately. And then people oh, will listen and you can get sponsorships. Because well, people are what? listening. Corporations don't give a shit. They, they will they sponsor because they know people are listening. Yep. Does that relate to revenue? Not really sure, but it could work. So it makes sense for him to do it, you know, six, eight weeks ago. Maybe try to combat that with the Bethany thing. It doesn't make any sense that he's doing it now. We see him crying on the Special Forces show. Yep. He's a little bitch, and I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, that's nice. That's fun to watch. But this, no. And the fucking, I, I had to see the promo for it where he walks out and takes his shirt off, and the producer says, you know, this is a podcast, Tom. They're not going to be able to see it. Well, they are going to be able to see it because, one, most people film podcasts. Two, we just had to fucking watch it in the intro, so just shut the fuck up. Whoever the producer is, go fuck yourself. We you know who it is. It's his drummer. It's oh, the same dude no that wanted us to come yeah. to the live the show. Do you fucking bagpipes them all the time? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> bagpipes them. <laughs> yeah, you ever heard that? <laughs> I fucking love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that dude fucking stinks. That's the guy who reached out to us and told us to stop being so hard on Tom because we didn't know the whole. So fuck that guy. They're both losers. Just go somewhere. I know what you're doing. I understand the premise of it, but the audacity to do it is such a different thing. You know, so the timing for me makes total sense because Ariana's on Dancing with the Stars right now, so she's getting the limelight again. True. If I have to see one more Dancing with the Stars commercial, I'm going to lose it. Hey, there's been a lot of them. That, you were watching think... Monday Night Football the other night. It was every fucking Well, that's because it's on that channel. Sure, but, you and know. And it's a big deal for the premiere. I think that that's probably why. And also, I think you're getting crossover with Bravo because Moe's on it as well. Yeah. But. Too much. Yeah. Not going to watch. I'm probably going to watch. You like Dancing with the Stars. I like Dancing though, yeah. with the Stars. I yeah. used to watch That's it with my grandmother in Texas. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to listen to it. I think that the timing makes sense to me because he's just a rat. I think that it's it's emotionally manipulative for him to have an intro scene in which he's taking his shirt off. And then I do know he gets into some very deep conversations that I don't want to address because they're they're self-harm related and i don't wish that on anybody if that was something he was dealing with nothing should ever be pushed that far i firmly believe that people make mistakes and like that's a that's a whole different animal but i think that it's weird that if you're going to touch on sensitive emotional topics but your intro video for the podcast is you making a joke of it and taking your shirt off that's counterintuitive you're doing two different things and i think that's horseshit and i think that's par for the course for tom sandoval that's what we've seen from him day in and day out how can I manipulate the situation to make myself come out of this looking better? How can I shit on other people and make money in the process and fuck that guy? Yep. That's what he's going for. Anywho, let's go on to OC so I can really bring my mood down. 
So the only thing I've gathered from this episode overall, it was another Heather witch hunt in the beginning. We saw it flip throughout the episode, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. I need to ask you, because you sent me a cryptic text, which you like to do because you know it gives me anxiety, and you said, I have an idea for the Rosie segment. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to do it. So what can What is there to say about Rosie that we haven't already said? Well, I'll tell you. It's like watching a deer get run over on a highway. <laughs> it's like... It's like watching a child walk by and their ice cream drops out of their hands and they start crying. It's just uncomfortable and annoying and I don't want to see it ever again. I agree. That's where I am. That's your bit? That wasn't a bit. Did I say bit? No, you said I have an idea. I'm not going to tell oh, you. Oh, I, I, I completely forgot about the idea, actually. Oh. I was actually, I was having a hard time remembering things today. Oh, okay. You know how well, that goes? Well, this is anticlimactic. Yeah, I know. You so... kind of set me up for failure there. But um, well, you, what do you mean? You set yourself up for failure. You can't I, tee I, me I up had, and then miss there was it. something there. I definitely had something, and I know I'm going to think about it later, and I'm going to text you. Right, well, like, all right, that's cool. If you think about it during, we'll just bring it up. At no some chance point. I think about it during. Let's dive right into this so we can get through it. We start out, Shannon's got a weird bruise from the boat, but if you watch the scene of her dropping out of the boat, she hasn't hit her arm. So I was really confused about the bruise. I'm not claiming. I, I think she just banged it somewhere else and doesn't yeah, remember it. We wake up with bruises all the time after a night out. It's just, you know. I oh, I don't have to do that anymore. But yeah. You I get guess. bruises, though, sometimes. And you're like, what the fuck happened here? I, I do. It's usually. You're going to have a bruise because gym. you hit the table on your way down to the chair today. I did twice. I kicked it. My toe hurts. But yeah. Um, <laughs> let's keep going. I mean, the whole thing, we're setting up three different scenes here, all in which they're talking about Heather Dubrow. We got one scene. It's got Gina, Tamrat, and Jen, and they're Halloween shopping for Gina's freak show party. We've got Heather at her rental with Terry, and we've got Shannon with her creepy chiropractor, and she's with Emily. And the only reason I call him a creepy chiropractor is because the, there's a weird hug there that I didn't care for. I didn't like the hug that where he's like, oh, I take care of you, and like gives her a weird hug. And like, I don't want to hug my chiropractor. Yeah, I don't like chiropractors weird... anyway because they scare me. But like a lot of weird off base medicine i'm gonna put you know what i mean people in shannon's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even when emily's the like a guy and then this and oh that's a good you point know, yeah, the enema guy I don't know what the fuck's going on but the whole thing is you know and i want to start with like terry and heather they're sitting there and recapping the mexico trip and she's like i got dog fucked for five days in mexico i've never heard that term before but then they did a fan of it though yeah it's a good term it's almost as good as bagpiped yeah. but you get this good edit of each scene of like them going after Heather. And I was like, Jesus, that was a lot. And I knew it was a lot in the moment, but seeing it broken down like that. And the best part was in the corner. There was literally a dog like humping something in yep. Mexico. But it's weird as shit because Gina is at the Halloween store or whatever. And she's talking about how Tamara doesn't lie. But we have seen out of Gina in Montana when she warns Heather about Tamara's behavior. She says, be careful with her because she's a snake. So you're jumping on both sides of the ship here constantly. And Heather has a really good point. And she says to Tara, she's like, the head cheerleader came back. Gina, Emily, that whole crew, everyone's scared of Tamara. I do believe that. And when she came back on the scene and started being nice to them, seemingly to try to take down both Jen and Heather, that was her goal this season. She's trying her best to do it. But they're like, oh, we're part of the cool crowd now. We're one of the cool kids. We're with Tamra. 
Like everyone likes Tamara now. Everyone's going to like us. So we're going to jump on board this bullshit ship. And it comes up that Tamara admits to everything. Tamara's always honest. Tamara's that like all things that we have never seen out of Tamara, they are now all singing her praises. And it's the most confusing shit to me in the world. And Shannon is referencing still that in that hotel room, Heather was talking shit to Emily about Shannon when we've already, we've come to terms with that. That never happened. That, yep. that did not happen. We came to terms with it, and all I can see now is we're getting an idea, and it look, I mean, we finally figured out where these women's allegiances lie. Kind of. I think so. I th- Look, I mean, most of them don't, re- they're just kind of all over the place, and they just aren't anything to each other. They're not friends. They just kind of try to do things for the show, and it's really annoying. When it comes to Gina, Gina is just afraid of losing friends. At all. Ah, yeah. She rarely speaks poorly about somebody she will talk behind your back but in a way that she does it she kind of props up up exactly yeah and she just like is always so afraid of turning an edge on somebody else that she just wants to keep her friends around and it's honestly once i came to that conclusion it's kind of sad because it's like what the fuck happened to you like why are you afraid to lose friends but again we keep coming back to the point that they're not friends none of them are friends no we see that all the time they just kind of go doing their, do their own thing. Jean is the only one who really wants to be friends with everybody. Tamara doesn't give a fucking shit. Tamara just sits there and tries to recreate that that's your opinion thing. Which yeah. now, by the way, when she came back and everybody kept yelling that and yelling that and yelling that, you got to look yourself in the mirror and think that you're an idiot, right? You like, would think, but she doesn't. That's what she tries to do. She tries to every time scream something and she thinks it's going to be iconic. It's like, no, it's not. You stink. Like, whatever you're doing is wrong. Whatever, every point in your life not maybe not your life a little too far yes a <laughs> little too far at least this season every single thing that Tamara has done has been wrong yeah 100 has not done one thing that i've looked at and been like you know what objectively speaking Tamara, you are correct she's not no she's she never always is just trying to spin shit she's always trying to make things up put people paint people in bad lights and then as soon as it gets flipped on her she just screams at the top of her lungs that's her move shut the fuck up like it's, get get with it if you're gonna give it like this the whole time be able to take some in. Be able to laugh at some things. No. Instead, she just screams at it. It's fucking annoying. I hate Tamara. I hate this show so goddamn much. Well, let's keep trucking, buddy. The next scene, we get Jen and Ryan and her family at Jen's house. And they're doing like a, a Mexico recap. But immediately off the bat, right out of the gate, man, when this guy's on TV, the front that he puts up, the nice guy act, the over the top, like just his cadence and how he talks. The tone of voice, everything about it is snaky to me. I'm like, you're fucking acting right now. I even wrote right here, Ryan is acting. But they they go over the Mexico trip, and Jen is grilling him. She's like, look, it seems like Tamara had more info. I need to know what's going on. And this is where Ryan shows you exactly what type of dude he is. And he's emotionally manipulative. He flips it on her. She says, is there something that I need to know? And he says, I slept with her. One night, I was a single guy. I was doing what single guys do. I don't know why you always want to act like you want to move forward. And then we take a step back and you hit your wagon to Tamara. By doing that, you are putting this back on her as though this is her fault for having questions because of your infidelity. You are making her feel insecure about your relationship to the point that she's questioning things because now she thinks it's her fault. That is a douchey thing to do. It's a fuckboy thing to do. Ryan's a piece of shit, man. Like, it is clear as day to me. And to put this back on her when you are the one that fucked up, it's the Ross and Rachel thing. We were on a break. Dude, if you were on a break for a couple of weeks and immediately you hooked up with somebody else, 
that means that it was either one lined up already or two you had somebody readily available that you knew you could reach out to and get some strange before you jump back into a relationship and by putting it back on the woman that you quote unquote love is so rude emotionally manipulative once again and you're turning her head into a pretzel so that she feels as though she has to make it up to you and that's ridiculous and for Jen to not be able to see that for her to like get sucked into this and it sucks to watch because I know it's not her fault like she's trying to make this work for so many reasons right there's pressure on her because her wedding sorry her marriage got fucked up because of it there's children involved now and it's she's trying to not look stupid because then everybody's right about this guy but he's giving you nothing. All he's doing is setting her up so that she feels responsible for his infidelity. And I'm fucking sick of seeing this man on the screen. Stop giving him the goddamn limelight. Yeah, I, I kind of bounce between two different ideas when it comes to Jen. Sometimes I think it's better if she wouldn't be on the show because obviously as soon as she got on the show, she felt like she needed to kind of clear the air on where she is in a relationship I like to try her. to get ahead of it. I do too, but I don't know if it's good for her psyche, which yeah. is, we kind of run into that issue with a lot of girls. Sure. But with the way that she gets in here, I kind of battle between the two because we could see Jen in a non-housewife role completely off TV just sticking with this guy because no one's out there saying anything wrong about him. Do I think that Tamara is doing it because she's a good friend? No, not fucking. We see like, that no at chance. the end of the she's... episode. She says, we're good, Ryan. I was like, that everything you yeah, said this season. She doesn't season's care. Negative. She's doing it just for the season. She's doing it just for television. She doesn't care what the ramifications are. She doesn't care if she has any consequences to her actions. She doesn't even think about the consequences. She just doesn't care. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. But to see Jen kind of sit there like this, like, I get it if Jen was doing this all the time, every week, every time that she goes away, every time she goes away, she comes home, she starts talking about the girl that he hooked up with a year ago, two years ago, whatever. That could get annoying, but I don't get the vibe from Jen that she does that every time. No. I think that she's doing it because there's fucking people close to her that know you that are telling her, hey, something else is going on here. You might want to check in with that. If she was not on this show, she would stick in this relationship. I don't know where they are now. I don't. It's the whole OC effect. Like, I just don't care where any of them are now. Like, I hear things and I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't care. Right. But yeah, I mean, she could just kind of stick it out and see what happens. It just sucks that it's coming from Tamara because if it was coming, say, Gina knew something or Emily heard something from her mom who goes to the same gym and then there's like a little sideway in there. Like, okay, I trust that. I right. think that's fine. I think that's legit. Maybe it wouldn't show up on TV. Maybe it would. Who knows? But when it comes from Tamara, I don't care if it's true or not. There's a reason why Tamara's doing it. And it's exactly. not because she's a good friend. And that's the part that sucks. Yeah, that's well said. But moving right along, we get Gina and Heather finally sit down to clear the air between the two. And Heather's pissed and rightfully so. Because the first thing they discuss is the loser comment. And she's like, well, you called us losers. And Heather's like, no, I didn't. Here you go. And breaks out a two T's episode and presses play. And the first thing that is said, Teddy's like, you said something, Tamara. She's like, oh, God, what did I do now? Knowing that she fucked something up. And Teddy recaps about how Tamara called the entire OC crew losers. It's literally verbal proof. And it goes to a confessional. And Gina's still like, 
well, then Heather should have told me about that. And I'm sure Tamara didn't say it maliciously. Like, what the fuck do you want from this woman? Yeah, I don't understand any of that. Like, how are you attacking Heather for saying that or supposedly saying that? You get hard proof that Tamara says it and you immediately flip the script. Why are you not giving Heather the same grace? Exactly. Why are you not saying, oh, she she could have just been saying it in jest and Tamara's trying to start shit up? That I believe. 100%. A thousand percent. Now you're telling me that even though it's right in front of you, Tamara's baby, this fucking podcast that she does with Teddy, this is going to be the truth. This is the only time that I think Tamara's going to talk the truth and people are going to be able to see, okay, Tamara's just doing this. She's trying to start shit with this person. She's drumming up old history with this person. That's when she's at her most authentic. It's right in front of you. Also, it's not on Heather to point something out on Tamara's podcast that, by the way, anyone can listen to. I know, right? Why is that on Heather? Heather maybe just figured that out. Maybe somebody just gave the attention to her and just said, hey, by the way, I know you're talking about this. Uh, you might want to listen to Timer's podcast. Right. Because I don't want to listen to Timer's podcast. I no. can't imagine Heather wants to listen to Timer's podcast. If I was on that show and Timer had a podcast, I would actively avoid it. I would mute all the words on Twitter. I would block everything on Instagram. I would fully avoid the entire thing because it's absolute garbage. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And we get a list out of Heather where she lays out the moments. Look, we know that Tamara's a liar. We've seen her lie on our own TikTok comments. We've seen her lie on TV multiple times and get caught in the lies. And then, as you so eloquently put, screams her fucking face off to try to get out of it. Heather lists the three distinct moments this season in which she got caught in a lie. One about Heather's IMDb page where she said that she hasn't worked since the 1900s and then claimed that she didn't say that. Two, about talking about Shannon's relationship. We watched her do it time and time again. When she's called out, she says, I didn't do that. Heather did that. Three, the loser comment. And Heather points out, if you look at it from like a logistical standpoint, she has gone to each woman in this group and actively tried to trash my friendship with them to get them on her team. And now Gina immediately flips back to Heather's team and says, you, you got to do something about this. You got to say something to her. It's like, Gina, Stop it. It's just because she wants Heather to go to her party. I know. And I think this is further proof to me that they're not actually friends in real life. Because if you were actually friends in real life with any of the women on this show, right, you would have disagreements, there'd be discrepancies, things like that, and you would trust the person and move on. But because none of these people are actually friends, they're vying for who is correct in the season. Who is going to be the winner of this season? I'm trying to get on the right team because we're winding down. So who am I going to pick? And she immediately, she goes, oh, fuck. Heather's got hard evidence. I need to get on her team now so I can come out a winner for this trash garbage season of this garbage franchise. And I just wrote here, Gina, grow a fucking spine one way or the other. Pick a lane or don't pick either team. Be your yeah. own person, but stop jumping from ship to ship because it's a terrible, terrible look. Speaking of full of shit, the <laughs> next scene we get to see the worst named colonic ever, the Sitolonic. Oh, God. Sitolonic. I did not know. That we were going to have. I wasn't ready for it. Eight, eight to 12 minutes of Enema and colonic talk. And like just no. Look, let me say this immediately before we get comments about this. This could be a scene about men having a colonic and it would still be unwarranted. We don't want to watch anybody talk about no. sticking a tube up their butt and water. We and had enough. Of, we already had an episode about this. I know. We're we doing it again. I don't know. But just all I'm going to say about it is come up with a better name and a better system because you shouldn't need a helper for something that is that what's the word? What do you invasive? 
Well, I don't know. You're at your most vulnerable in that. Yeah. Way. You're sticking something in your butt and flushing water in and out of it. Like, man, woman. It's good. Doesn't matter. I, I probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a, when it comes out, sure. I, not when it goes Can we not do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just uh, don't want to talk about it. But we get to the circus party or the freak show party. I, I will give Gina credit here. The party looked dope. Yeah, it was a cool party. I would have gone to that party. But of course, Did Ryan. You wore a shirt? I literally was about to say that. Yeah, I know. And I would have. I'm not that guy. Okay. I'm not that guy, pal. I really, I'm, I don't like going. If you were in L- I feel like if you lived in LA for like 10 years, you might turn into that guy, though. That's really fucking mean to say that. No, but you think there was a, a moment. Chance. There was a moment at the wedding last night in which a dude who was in great shape continuously took his shirt off. And I was like, you know what? I know what he's doing. He thinks that he's like coming off as like the cool, fun guy takes his shirt off. But all he's trying to do is show everybody, like, hey, I've got abs. And it comes off really douchey. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy, pal. Okay? Okay. So right. I don't appreciate the California candor. steel might be. Cali-, <laughs> Cali steel, bruh. But I just wrote, Ryan shows up shirtless. Douche. Like, you know what you're doing. And it's not. And he goes, oh, you should have expected it. Ha, ha, ha. I'm Ryan. And this is the kind of stuff I do. Red flag after red flag after red flag. But Gina's talking to Emily, and she feels like she's caught up between Emily and Heather's nonsense. And Emily immediately brings up the loser comment. I don't know why the word loser, of all the things that is said on these shows to people, is the most triggering thing in the world. It's By the mean. way, calling people losers is pretty. I do it all the time. It's great. They're all losers. I know. Everybody on these shows. We mean it in a, a very mean way. I do because, like, I know. Fuck, man, we have to sit here and watch it for. I would rather be called like an asshole, a dickhead, than a loser. You are a loser. A thousand percent. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that. That's I'm the Cali Steel comment. Cali Steel, bro, you loser, but. She brings up the two T's thing again, and immediately Emily takes the same approach as Gina. Well, she's been saying shit for years. That's not what your platform is, Emily. Your platform is that you're upset about her calling you a loser specifically. So you can't then jump ship to this other thing where, well, she's always talked shit. Then that should have been your qualm from the get-go. It shouldn't be she called us losers, now I'm pissed. It should be she always talks shit, I'm mad. But immediately she does the Gina thing, and it's really fucking annoying And it drives me nuts because once again, there's proof. We have proof. And she's proof, but like you don't even need proof. I think that's the most infuriating thing of watching this show is we can see what Tamara's doing and we know when she's lying. According to Gina, she tells the truth all the time, but she doesn't. We know when she's lying. We know when she's spinning some bullshit into her favor. How does no one else see this? I don't like, know. Like Heather just started seeing it because she's the one who's been attacked over she's and been over on the and receiving over again. End of it. But she was on the receiving end of it for a little while, still didn't say anything, and then finally hit her breaking point. How does no one else in this group see it? I don't care. I know that you're not friends, but like you hang out enough during filming and you see Tamara enough and you hear enough about her. How do you not know what she's doing? Like, I don't know. I'm inclined to call you idiots too. Like, you're loser idiots. <laughs> for being mean. I know, but, but the show sucks and they all suck for it. Well, I. The reason the show sucks is because of all these women. Well, the funny thing is, I have turned into a Heather fan after all this. Like, I. So we said I. the other week, like, if she went to o- or Beverly Hills, like, I'd be cool I'd with be, it. Now. I'd be entirely fine with it. Yeah, that. I think she'd be a good addition there. And, like, look. Does she like think she's a little better than other people at times? Like, yeah, I do believe that. I'm not going to like let her off scot free here at all. But she's at the receiving end of all this bullshit. And like, what she's doing is no different than what most housewives do on most of the franchises. Yeah, most just... housewives feel like they're better than everybody else. Yes. That's the whole point of fucking housewives. That's why we watch the show. Yeah. So for these people to vilify her because she has more money than them is so obvious that they're just fucking severely insecure. Oh, foreshadowing for us, LC. Oh, it is. But. Case in point, when she walks in 
and she dressed up for the occasion. She's wearing a bodysuit as an acrobat, which makes sense. It's a freak show, a.k.a. a circus, so her outfit is fitting for the event. Last time I checked, dolphin trainers were all black. Yes. So this where are they the all thing. getting the dolphin trainer? Because I, she wore, that was from a previous episode in which she wore. Not in Mexico, but like, no, now I'm actually crossing up two different shows. I think Jenna wore something like that in Mexico, but Anguilla. Um, Anguilla. Nope. Um, <laughs> I, I just, they were taking every opportunity to strike at her. Well, and... Taylor says immediately she's just showing off her body. She should. What is Ryan doing? Ryan walks in shirtless. He gets no shit. Heather, who works out and works hard and wants to show off, like, good. Good for you. You look great. She walks in. She looks fantastic. She have a bikini on. No, she's wearing a fucking bodysuit and she looks good and you're just jealous. Leave her alone. It's so fucking insecure and annoying and emily jumps on that train too like what is she wearing what the fuck are all of you wearing it's a the free show party god damn it like what are we doing but heather pulls jen aside and jen was a little upset because they're supposed to have a conversation in mexico i guess heather dipped from the room fell asleep in her bed whatever jen and heather come to the mutual agreement like hey we really haven't gotten to know each other outside of tamra and that's probably a mistake considering tamra spun the narrative immediately about you and ryan I'm sure she said things about me as well. Why don't we clean the slate and just start from scratch? I want to get to know you. Let's do this. Let's have a real friendship. And that immediately, I'm like, I know what Heather's doing. Heather's playing the game now. Heather's getting everybody on her team because Heather has something that Tamara never, ever has and never will. Heather has proof and she has evidence to fall back on. Tamara makes bold, outrageous claims, gets caught in lies, starts screaming her head off to try to get out of it looks like an idiot, and then points the finger elsewhere, and then plays the woe is me, I love you, I'm so sorry card. And that has been her MO since we've seen her on this season. That's been her MO in previous seasons. And then she goes on her podcast, shows you her true colors, starts venting about nonsense, says all this shit, can't back it up because she's a fucking loser. Has Tamar come out and said anything about Shannon? Not that I've seen. Uh, anything at all in support? Oh, in support? Yeah. I haven't seen anything. I think she talked, no, she did on her podcast, they talked about it. I think that she was upset. I think she like okay. actually voiced that. I was just curious about that. I don't want to fault be like... her. Yeah, I don't want to throw stones where they are not deserved. That's fair. That that's that should be your takeaway from us. That's the difference. What we watch on the show, <laughs> we absolutely hate. What we hear on the podcast, we absolutely hate. But we're not going to make shit up. No, we won't make it I up. I was just curious. Yeah, credit where credit's due. If you listen to that garbage podcast, she did have sympathy for Shannon when she was going Somebody through what she went through. Somebody tweeted us and 2Ts last week and said, where are the new episodes, guys? And don't like, lump us in with them. Don't put us in the don't same Don't put tweet. us in with them. Separate tweets. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But let's finish this bad boy up. Heather makes up with everybody in the group. And while she's doing this, you see Tamara just on the outskirts like, oh, my God, look at her, look at her. And I, I know exactly what she's doing. She is panicking. She's like, shit. She figured me out. She knows. And she's going to get all these women against me. I've worked my ass off to spin them against Heather. And I figured it out. Tamara came into this season and recognized Heather was the HBIC. Yep. She wanted to dethrone the queen. So she went on this vendetta with all this bullshit evidence to try to throw it against her and turn the whole group against her. And it was actually somewhat cinematic in which we're in the finale. And now Heather, cool, calm, collected the whole time, takes Tamara down, takes her to task. And when Tamara tries to address it and tries to confront her about it, Heather doesn't have time for it. Walks away, makes Tamara look like a fucking moron, and she is one, and just drops the mic and says, I don't have time for your shit. 
And by the way, everybody now knows who you actually are because you are an idiot and can't cover your tracks. I've got you. Fuck off now. And scene. And scene. And I'm not going to do the recap of where everybody is now. No, I'm going to say is once again, the episode ends with the last remaining ally. She's talking to Jen, and I don't think Jen's her ally. That scumbag Ryan is standing next to her. And she says to Ryan, who she has eviscerated all season on what a dirtbag this guy is. And she says, no, Ryan, we're cool. And that sentence is who Tamara Judge is. To a T. Nice. Thank you. Fuck this show. Spelled (laughs) T-W-L. What's up, bros? Still here to talk to you guys about HelloFresh. Look, as a private chef, I can't tell you how much I hate the grocery store. I have to go to the damn grocery store like six times a week to cook orders for people, to cook dinners for people. I got to look up recipes. I got to create recipes. At the end of the day, I do not want to think about it anymore. And if you're like me, after a long day of work, the last thing you need to be worried about is what kind of dish am I going to create tonight to keep my taste buds guessing because I'm sick and tired of goddamn chicken and broccoli. You know what I'm talking about. That's where HelloFresh comes in. They send everything to your door in a box on ice so that you do not have to think about it anymore. It's creative recipes, it's healthy recipes, it's things that you want, and it tastes amazing. And when it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every week. That's right, they got snacks now. You don't have to go up and down the middle aisles of the grocery store. That, That desperate area where you're walking through and you don't want to grab the ding-dongs but you see the ding-dongs you're like i kind of want a ding-dong next thing you know instead of grabbing the healthy chips that you set out to get you've got three packs of ding-dongs two bags of doritos a bag of cheetos and shame and you don't have to live that way anymore lean on hello fresh and when you get hello fresh you know you're getting top-notch produce since it travels from farm to your door in less than seven days so what are you waiting for go to hellofresh.com slash 50 brav bros and use code 50 brav bros for 50 percent off plus 15 percent off the next two months that's right use code 50 brav bros for 50 percent off plus 15 percent off for the next two months that deal is too good to pass up guys so make your life easier and use america's number one meal kit at hellofresh But that takes us to Ross Slick, and I texted you while I was watching this, and I said three words. Ross Slick is back. And with this episode, we've had a, a stretch of good ones, and we're going to have some clunkers. We always do in a season, but I can, I can confidently say that this is a much, much better season than we had last year. It's kind of, again, a return to form for, for Salt Lake. I love what Monica's bringing to the table. I think yep. she's phenomenal for the show. Mary needs to pick it up. She is a dud right now, which is a shame to say, because, oh, do you have a different Look at it that way, yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, let's jump right in. We'll talk about it. But we start out with the morning after, and I need to point this out because she's done it all season. She's done this every chance she's had. Meredith Marks is eating breakfast, and what is she having for breakfast? That was a question. It's me. Yeah, as you're as you're blowing fat clouds. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm not no OTPH days over here. Just just fat uh, clouds. 
Yeah, yeah, just fat, just fat, fat ass clouds. Uh, I don't remember what what was she eating for breakfast. Caviar. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. But did you see the brand? No. Meredith Marks caviar. I remember her showing. Yeah, now that I recall, actually, that was I, what happens. I watched this show like four days ago. I had to pause it to make sure it said that. But she has done subtle plugs for all of her products throughout yeah. the season, and she uses Seth, robot Seth. He goes, "What are you putting in your mouth?" And I was like gross yeah that's and she's like caviar for breakfast yeah, look i mean if she wants to make a little bit of extra money off of this so that she can send it away for you know unnamed children that are suffering around the world yeah i need to know more that. about that child but i will give it up to heather you know i love a good boot and rally and she's booting and rallying with the best of them she was we got confirmation she did in fact pee yep no shame shit happens she's also had kids we had a lot of women reach out to us in the comments and say hey guys when you've had multiple kids, you don't have a lot of control in those situations. No judgment here whatsoever. It's crazy to learn. I yeah. didn't know that. It's a good lesson for everybody out there that doesn't wow. know. So, you know, be be sympathetic to people that pee their pants. It, it happens to the best of us. Especially when they're vomiting up espresso martinis. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we go to Angie making her own shirt, and immediately I'm like, this is a bad idea. You don't need to be doing this at all. Whatever you're making, whatever you're drawing on that shirt, it's not going to hit. It's not going to land right. You're going to look like a moron. And she does. The shirt that she makes, like all of the other ones are wearing all trust, no tricks in reference to the Trixie Motel. She makes a shirt that says all tricks, no trust, which is not a funny joke. It's not a good pun. Angie and trying to be iconic. Once again, Angie, you're on her trip. She's trying too hard. You're trying. You know to what a good hard. idea would have been? Hey, I got this white T-shirt and I've got a couple of markers if you guys want to draw on it later. That or hey. Make it a group activity. I made my own shirt. All trust, no tricks, because I didn't get one. Or that. Yeah, that would be there's, fun, There's too. so yep. many other. Or don't make a fucking shirt. Well, you got to do something. No, because you don't. Everybody else is going to be wearing white shirts, and you're going to be the one without the shirt. Just wear a sweatshirt. No. No, I, I agree with part of it. I don't agree with what she did and what she wrote on it. I agree with having a white t-shirt yeah, on whatever. It. You're a loser. <laughs> you just want her to stick out like a sore thumb. Look, I, I don't her like own. her either. I don't like her either. But in that situation, if I was Angie, I would also have a white t-shirt. I just wouldn't have gone as far as to throw the shade. All tricks, no trust. <laughs> but we get Whitney and Lisa, and it's the conversation about Meredith from the Sprinter van the night before. And Whitney's saying that, you know, Meredith is manipulative. And when she gets caught up and caught in a lie or she doesn't want to respond to anything, she goes with the, I have too much going on right now and brings up other shit in her life. And it's always vague. It's never specific. It's just that there's something happening in her life and she can't deal with this shit right now. And actually, while I thought the way Whitney brought it up was ridiculous on the bus because she had no dog in that fight. There are patterns to Meredith. And yeah. We've seen patterns to Meredith. Lisa Barlow pointed it out last episode. She does certain things time and time again. When you see patterns in a person, that's them showing you who they are. And I firmly believe that. But I think that's the difference is you see Lisa Barlow do that in a confessional. She's not in a position right now where she's going to say that to Meredith because they are mending their friendship. Right. Or whatever might be happening. There. She highlights that, too. She says she's trying, but she sees what Whitney said. Yes. She understands the pattern and we all understand the pattern. I'm okay with Whitney bringing Whitney we know is clumsy with her words anyway, so she's never going to bring anything up that sounds super organic and makes a lot of sense. Right. I'm okay with her bringing it up in principle, though. No, I am Nobody too. needs to call attention to it. I actually, later in the episode, since like it's the same topic, what she said later in the episode at the bar where she said, yeah, why? Because there's a kid somewhere that has wakes up every day and has a headache. I would have said that exact same thing. Yeah, I if know If somebody would've. kept doing that and talking about 
some elusive child somewhere and that's the reason why I'm upset, I would have done the exact same thing and said it almost verbatim. I know you would have. I actually heard like a hint of Shooter in there. I was like, oh, Shooter, are you a housewife now? <laughs> <laughs> but we get Monica talking to Meredith and it's about Angie. And as we know, Monica was friends with Angie before the show. Like they were supposed to be, I think Angie expected them to be allies throughout this whole thing. But to Monica's credit, when she sees bullshit, she just calls it out. She's not getting yep. swayed one way or the other. And Monica calls Angie tacky and embarrassing, which I love. I love the dig tacky. I think it hits a lot harder than people. Like, For sure, yeah. Like, yeah, it always Call lands. somebody a loser. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. We're, we're saying a lot of uh, good insults. Yeah. Take notes, everybody. But Monica just says she's in a weird spot because like, while she is Angie's friend, she has seen a side of Angie on this trip that she never has seen in the past. And I mean, we saw this Angie all last year. This is no surprise It'd just be TV Angie, honestly. I, that probably is, honestly. Yeah. Or she's just, you know, getting a little too big for her riches. It could be either of those things, but they head to a trust exercise and that's when Angie unveils her shirt. And I think she expected it to hit a lot harder. Nobody in the group even really acknowledges it. She's like, she walks down, she says, all tricks, no trust. And the whole group's like, sick, bro. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> this scene from her confessional, I think, paints the perfect picture of who Angie thinks she is and what she's bringing to the table. Because in her confessional, she says it was either that or calling a hit on her entire family. It was either make a stupid t-shirt or murder Meredith and her whole family. I just don't understand when she speaks. Honestly, just the way that she talks ever. I never really understand it. But how are you going to do that? Did she think that was going to be funny? I don't know. Is she trying? Like, she's trying. To, and I think Monica painted it perfectly last week where she said, you're like four foot three, like 70 pounds. You're not going to fight anybody. Stop being tough. But she can. It seems like that's what Angie does. She gets backed into a corner. She feels like she had her friends come onto the show in Monica. Monica immediately turns on her because of what Angie did and what Angie said. Rightfully so. That's entirely fine. Now she's all alone. She has nobody to support her. Jen Shaw's in prison. Nobody's going to help you. And she spins this out. I don't really understand any of that. It was bizarre. I couldn't believe she said it. Like, again, T-shirt, murder your family. Yep. What the fuck? I think, I, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head. She tries at every single avenue to be iconic everything is trying to do the most and it doesn't land ever I it's think we need like new housewives to have never seen housewives before i think that's probably our best way to go about this i think it's forward. impossible it's, it's got to be impossible of course but you can tell the ones who have seen too many housewife shows oh it's or a good seen point. too many yeah, reality yeah. shows and it's like i've got some lines out here that i'm like really prepared to roll in especially for confessionals they're always trying to do as much as they can and i think that angie's one of them and honestly for the most part, they don't work. You're not that quick. You're, you don't really have a lot of wit. You're not, whatever you're saying isn't going to land. It's not funny because you're not funny. Like Ooh. if you're not funny as it is, and not once have I ever laughed at something that Angie did. No, or me said. neither. Like if you're not funny and you're not, and that's okay. If you're not funny, that's fine. Meredith is also not funny. If you're not funny, just own the fact that you're not funny and just move forward. Don't try to be funny. No, be you. Whoever that is. I don't is. even know who it is. I, I really don't. I, I want to see the I want to see the you that Monica's talking about What's, because that might be a nice you. Maybe, maybe we that, like that you. Who who knows? At this point, I doubt it, but at least it's different than what you're bringing to the table right yeah. now. But we got trust exercises with Cliff. And I really want to know how Cliff got into this line of work because I have to imagine it's it's a strenuous one. But I loved Heather's line where she's like, 
you've never dealt with this level because we have ruined careers, marriages. We sent somebody to prison. Like you got your work cut out for you, Cliff. Yep. And Mary doesn't have time for it because she's not ready to trust this group. It's fine. It's fine. I don't have any. You want her to step up and I have no issues with her doing that at I, all. So here's the thing. I don't mind Mary at all. I love Mary. You know that. Mary Cosby is Mary Cosby. And I think that she is an enigma in the best way. Like she just brings this weird element that I love. And the fact that she's a cult leader, allegedly, maybe if you're part of that church we're not actually calling it a cult <clears throat> but my thing with it is like i need her on the screen a little bit more just to bring more of the weirdness to it i'm okay with the fact that she doesn't want to take part in the exercise right let's have her sit on the side and watch it and commentate like that would be better for me than just sitting on the bus and bringing nothing to that that's it i'm not saying she needs to partake i'm saying i i want more commentary i'm okay with it like on this trip, because at least for the trust fall thing, she had a funny reason. I'm not, I'm not there with you guys. I don't trust any of you. Okay, fair. Yeah. And then you get like a little commentary about her getting a little uh, oat milk latte, whatever she's doing. Later, you get the McDonald's thing. I, I don't care. And this is kind of what we talked about with Mary as it is. I don't need her to be a full-time housewife. I don't need to go further into her life because I feel like it's scary and I don't really want to be part of that. <laughs> don't really want to find out what the hell's going on over there. But if she can deliver one or two funny-ass lines per episode, I'm good with that. You know That's what? enough for me. I was curious when that scene happened because she left, you know, I, I would imagine when she left the show, I don't know if she was not asked back. And I would like to know the difference to that yeah. because if she chose to not come back, I wonder if part of her contract when she did come back was like, if I don't want to do something, I won't. And you guys need me back because last season was so terrible. Right. So like one of my stipulations is like, if I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. I, I wonder if that was part of it. But and I don't think the Bravo producers for Salt Lake were in a position to say no. They needed her back. Correct for a different approach and to try to like throw in a little bit of comedy in there because they, you know, you're going to get that with Mary. Yeah. So I, I wonder if that has anything to do with it, but when they get back on the sprinter van after the exercises, Meredith is upset with Mary because she didn't partake and nothing big happens, but it's just funny because every time Lisa tries to chime in, Mary's like, I'm not talking to you. Do you, do you have a mute button? Like, <laughs> like knock it off. Like that's the Mary I want to see, Yes, but she has to be around them to have those. That's all I'm saying. But they get to lunch back at the hotel, and Whitney does, like, I don't know what goes on in her head, because she says that Meredith's boring, and that she's going to take over the trip because she's not having fun, and she's going to liven things up. But later, when Meredith doesn't really take part in her drag makeup thing, she's like, I really thought that you would step up to the plate, like, and have some fun with us. It's like, well... You just if, said that she was boring. Why did you think she was going to have fun? One, and, and the same two, thought. if anybody's not going to partake in your activity, it's the person that planned the trip who you took over for mm -hmm. unasked. Yep. Like, that was the only person that if I, if Meredith was like, fuck this, I would have been like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's your trip, and she's 100% trying to steal the spotlight. That makes sense. I agree. Me. The funny thing is, I think I agree with everything. I agree with the fact that it was a boring trip. I think that Meredith is pretty boring, and that's okay. You can be boring. You said that last year when she was the quote-unquote fun oh, yeah, director. Director of fun. Director of fun. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. God, I forgot about that. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, no, she's not a director of fun. She is very boring, and that's okay. If you're boring, you can be boring in your own way, and you bring a different element to the show. I'm fine with that. The trip was boring. It was. The, yeah, a trust fall activity? Come on. You're not fucking 10. Shut up. 
doing all of this. Like, I don't even know what she had lined up for the rest of the night. Like, she said, I don't here. know. She didn't even know. So you have nothing planned out. I'm okay with Whitney stepping in. Do I really agree with how she did it? No. Do I think that Whitney could have gone in and talked to Meredith? Probably not. Meredith would have shut her down immediately. She would have shut her down. But so she commandeered it. I don't agree with what Whitney did. It was still ended up being a pretty fun activity. I thought it was hilarious. And I think that it's good, especially being at the Trixie Motel, too. Like, you're paying homage to the person who runs the hotel. Absolutely. You're coming down. You're actually friends with Trixie. You're going to go do this. That makes a lot of sense to me. But you can't have an issue with Meredith not stepping up. You completely commandeered the trip. You called her boring. And then she comes out and she's not participating and you're going to call her boring again. Yeah, I don't that, you know. That's what, not okay. It doesn't hurt. Like, that's the same thing. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But look, we are known Lisa Barlow supporters for the most part. I got to say she's losing me this season. And she's losing me this season because we bring up the fact that, you know, we're going to have a drag glam competition. Everyone take off your faces, go in there and we're going to we're going to do our own makeup. We're going to try to make. Whoever wins this competition, we're having a, a drag makeup competition. Lisa throws an absolute tantrum. She's like, I, I care so much about like looking a certain way and I fly glam in and I always have glam. And for whatever reason, her magic number is 60,000. I spend 60,000 a year on glam. I have glam in Monaco and San Tropez, like name drop, name drop, money drop, name drop. When she's talking about her clothing, she names every label that she's wearing. It's like, dude, money talks, wealth whispers. Like if you actually are that nice. person, I know, then settle down. Like, stop it. We know that you're loaded. It's great. Good for you. We know that you work hard to get it. No shame in the game there. Like, do your thing. Keep making that paper. I have no problem with who she is as far as like, yeah, you have a ton of money and you worked your ass off to get it. Props to you. You don't need to throw it in everybody's face constantly to the point that you're throwing an absolute temper tantrum, crying and sobbing and asking the producer to relate to you in this moment. Yeah. That just shows you how tone deaf she is and how she is not able to look at the common man and understand like, hey, don't say this shit around regular people because it's ridiculous. She asks the producer of the show who there's no way that producer has nearly the amount of money that she does to relate to her in that moment. You were asked to take off your makeup, do a fun activity in homage to one of the biggest drag queens in the game. You're staying at her hotel. This is a good idea. It makes total sense. Suck it up. Do it. Take the makeup off. Tell the girls, hey, I'm going to be late for dinner because I want to get my makeup done the right way. Take the makeup off after it. Put your makeup on. Go to dinner. Or, hey, I'm going to catch up with you guys later because I really don't want to go out in public. There's so many other ways to go about it instead of being like, poor me. You guys don't understand how hard it is. I need to have my look or else it's not going to work. Yeah, it seems like a little out of character. I mean, the the bragging about the money thing is never out of character for Lisa, but it seemed out of character that she didn't want to partake in something that seemed fun, that everybody else was into, obviously, Sans Meredith, but everybody else was into it. Everybody Mary, really wanted no, to do it. We, Mary, well, Mary, Meredith, I, and there was a third one. There was three that didn't do it. Uh, Mary Lisa. didn't do it. Lisa and Meredith. Yeah. 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 But like, we don't expect Mary to do it because Mary's going to say it's against her religion or something anyway. So that makes a lot of sense. Whatever. Go ahead and do whatever the hell you want, Mary. You want to go to McDonald's? Go ahead and do that. Everybody else that you're close with seems like they want to get into it. Same thing as you said. If I feel like if she just picked a lane and said, well, that kind of sucks because I've got my fucking glam team coming down there and I gave them money to go do that. Plus the flights to come down. Have your glam team come in. Just walk in and be like, hey. I can't cancel my glam at this point. 
They're already coming in. Do you mind if they do my drag makeup? Then you don't have to complain. If you're really not good at doing your own makeup and you care about the way that you look and you want someone else to do it, then allow them to get a little creative and have some fun. Sure. Go do the thing. Go back. Get it all off and then put normal makeup on. That seems fine. There's no issue there. The fact that she broke down and started crying. And I know that, like we said this about Meredith last week, maybe there's something more to this no, where she, there's like I a. I don't think there is. You don't think that there's like some sort of. I think it's. I don't an, want to call it like maybe like an appearance type I of like insecurity. There's an insecurity. Or, yes. There's I definitely an insecurity, there's an insecurity in there. And I look, I'm not going to like jump all over her because as soon as you start breaking down about something that we find kind of dumb and, and minuscule. Maybe there is something more going on there. I just okay. thought it was weird and out of character that she didn't want to join in on something fun. This seems like something that if you told me they were going to do, I'd say, oh, Lisa Barley is probably going to have a lot of fun with that. You would and think. she didn't. No, so she that, didn't that's my bigger issue is that this season, we liked Lisa a lot last year. We feel like we grew, she grew a lot. Even the beginning of this season with her talking to Meredith, it seems like she grew a lot. Now she's taking steps back for reasons that I didn't really see. That's a good way to put it. And it's like she's better write the ship because we're, she's going to lose fans pretty quickly. Because I think she, so too. She was really good for a while, and now if she's going to take this stance for some reason, and she's maybe maybe Monica's got her all like buttoned up or something. I don't know what's oh, going interesting. on. Interesting. That's something a, weird going on there. That's an interesting way to put it. But they have the glam off. I'm glad that you know Monica leaned into it. Heather leaned into it. Heather is doing a good job this season, dude. She's staying in the background for the most part. She's chiming in when necessary. Yep. She's not trying to take center stage. She's partaking in everything. That's my point as well, Lisa. If Heather can can buck up and do this after the night she had the night before you can get in there and do this too yes like she literally vomited on a van she's probably so hungover she can't see straight and she took the time to wear a 40 pound wig put makeup on and jump in on this thing and again trixie's sitting out there judging this thing so it's more embarrassing for the people that don't do it it's like that asshole at the halloween party that chooses not to wear a costume because he's too cool to do it yep like that kind of shit drives me nuts but Monica wins, and rightfully so. She looks great, and I like. She was in character too. Like she, she went was full jersey, and like, look, I Trixie was awesome. Like Trixie's line about being on your deathbed, and when you look back on your life, are you ever gonna say, "I wish I didn't do as much"? I yeah. was like, "That's fucking dope." Like I love that outlook, and I wish that these women that didn't participate had leaned into that more because it's a great way to look at this whole thing. I I honestly. Really, the only person I fault for not doing it is Lisa. I understand Meredith is taking a stance. We know Mary's not going to. Mary, we know. (laughs) Full on, we know Mary's not going to participate in this. Lisa not doing it is just the only outlier. That doesn't make sense. So she's the only one that I have an issue not doing it. I agree. And then when they get on the van, you know, there was a comment about being a wet noodle from Monica at the Trixie Hotel and, or sorry, Trixie Motel. And when they're on the van, Lisa brings, what's this wet noodle conversation that you guys were having? And Monica goes in and she's like, look, I was surprised you didn't dress up and I'm surprised you didn't participate. And that's when Lisa label dropped. She's like, I did participate. These shoes are whatever. And this outfit is fully couture and I'm wearing this and that. It's like, this is the woman that already told you that she doesn't like when you talk about money and materialistic things because of what she's going through. And Lisa says, this is drag for me. It's like, don't do that. Don't do that. How is that and, drag, though? Meredith it's... leans into it, too, where she's like, everybody's different. It's like, this was a very specific activity. Very specific. There's no outliers. There's no other way to look at it. You know what drag is. You're staying at the motel of one of the most prominent drag queens in the world. 
So you understand the assignment. You, there's no other way to spin it. So don't act like you knew better or this isn't how you took it because you clearly didn't want to do it. So just own that at the very least. But Monica just starts opening up about how tone deaf Lisa is and how it affects her. And she checks her and she's like, nobody lives like you. Most of us do not. You are, she calls her the 1%. Mm -hmm. You are the 1%, which I guarantee that actually made Lisa feel good hearing that. She's probably like, yeah, I am the 1%. But Lisa's like, I'm not going to apologize. Like, I work my ass off and this and that. Nobody has questioned your work ethic. Nobody wants you business. to apologize for where you are in life. Correct. That's, I feel like, the thing that just falls on deaf ears all the time. And mm -hmm. it's not just Lisa. It's a lot of people like sure. that. And this is the weird stance to take when you're going to say things like, I'm not going to apologize for who I am. We don't want that. We want you to apologize for maybe just bragging about all the brands that you have. If you are that rich, you don't have to talk about your brands. Most people who are that rich don't actually wear labels. No. They have really nice clothing that they get from really good designers that are very expensive and they don't have labels on them. You can go over and say, really like that sweater. Who makes it? Well, I got it from Milan and I did this and that and whatever. Boom. You're not going to sit there and be like, well, this is from here and this is from here and this is from here. And then in the same breath say, I am very in touch with the middle class. No, you're not. She says that everyone has $60,000 rings. Of course Are they you do. Are shitting yeah. me? And she laughed at it. That was, I think, the worst part. She really scoffed yeah, at it and did. said, uh, yeah, the middle class has $60,000 rings. No, they don't. No. No, hey, they do not. No, we don't. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. Also, the middle class is almost gone. So there's a couple of us left. Leave us alone. <laughs> Quit talking about us because they're going to take us out and one I by one. I do not have a $60,000 ring. No. And... I'm so glad that Monica goes off on this scene and she just goes on a rant and she starts going after everybody that has been an asshole this trip. She starts going after Angie. She says, Angie lives up Lisa's ass. She's a dog. She's your little lap dog. And Lisa's like, you're not even listening to me. She's like, I can't hear you because your dog's barking too much. I was like, fuck yeah, that's a great dig. Yep. But it drove me nuts because it goes to a confessional with Whitney. And Whitney's like, I've never seen this side of Monica before. She's nasty. And it's like, she was pushed to this point because, once again, her plight has fallen on deaf ears with Lisa. It's a pretty simple prospect to like figure out. It makes me uncomfortable when you talk about money because I'm not as fortunate. Can you please stop doing that in front of me? And maybe be more aware of the people around you. Is it tough to hear, Lisa? Probably. She heard it last night. Thank you. And she said, I get you. I understand what you're saying. Really no, you don't. don't. You clearly don't. And that's clearly just you. And we're going to have to keep an eye on this moving forward. Anytime that somebody brings an issue up to Lisa, we have to see and we're going to have to start a counter. Does she say, I get you. I understand that. And then, and just... then do the same thing again later. Interesting. I like Because I feel like yeah. that's what happens. She's not really listening. And that, that kind of goes, I'm going to segue it back to what Mary was saying. Do you have an off button? She could just be moving in her own brain. She could be that person that somebody else is telling a story. Actually, no, I know she's this person. <laughs> somebody else is telling a story and she's not listening to you at all. She's just waiting for her next opportunity to speak yeah. and thinking about what she's going to say. That's a really good point. But they get to the bar and all hell breaks loose. Everybody's arguing with everybody. They're jumping back and forth. It was really hard to keep track of who was fighting with who, but Whitney calls out Meredith. And Lisa for their lack of effort. And that's when Meredith hits her with the, everybody's different people, Whitney. I did my best. <laughs> I have a splitting headache and possibly a nerve damage. And that's when Whitney's like, okay, is it a headache? Is it a nerve? Is it a three-year-old battling some unknown illness? And Meredith loses it. She's like, 
How dare you? Right you are disgusting. <laughs> like I love she the gets fucking her, voice of her Odin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Like she literally drops eighteen octaves to go after Whitney and like look. Could there be a three-year-old battling some illness that we don't know about that is fucking up your life? Absolutely. Either one, share it with the group, or two, stop referencing it in regards to this because in Whitney's favor, she's like, you're not going to hold me emotionally hostage with this. And it kind of is by not diving into it and just being vague like, hey, I'm dealing with this three-year-old who has an illness. It's really hard to have any kind of retort there without sounding like an asshole. Yeah. And Whitney... Weirdly doesn't sound like an asshole because, like you said, you would have said the same fucking thing. Yep. And while this is going on, Monica calls Angie a pit bull and, like, poof, out of left field. Like, out of fucking nowhere. Angie just pops her head in and goes, what'd you call me? <laughs> and she's like... So Angie's just you. always lurking, just waiting to try to get a little bit of screen time but somewhere. Just paints you the, the perfect picture of who Angie is. She yep. is the outsider looking in. She does not fit in with this group because she is not cut out to be a housewife. Yep. She's trying to find every opportunity, every angle to jump in. You know how you can do yourself a favor here? Stay at the table, finish your drink, let them talk their shit, and then you come up with a better game plan on how you're going to counter it instead of just bobbing in there and trying to get their attention because you have now fucked with the quote-unquote cool kids of Roslick and now they're not even listening to you. Yep. Meredith is turning her back to you while Monica makes jokes at your expense saying you're a pit bull and a chihuahua and you can't even defend yourself because they won't let you get a word in. There's no worse place to be in than that position because now you are defenseless. You can't say anything because the group has entirely muted you out. And that is your own fault. That's your own doing because you did crawl up Lisa's ass. You are her lapdog. These are all true things. And you take umbrage with her calling you a pit bull. And then Whitney comes out of nowhere and she's like, you shouldn't call women that. And it's like, what the fuck? Who's arguing with who? Who's on whose team here? Like, what? <laughs> It was really confusing. I had to watch it twice. I, I had no idea who was talking confusing. to who. I didn't know where the allegiances were. I didn't know who was defending who. Who's insulting who. And also, wait, you can't call anybody a pit bull, right? I, I don't, is that like a thing? I, let's also take away the stigma of Mr. 305. I like pit bulls. Pit bulls are cool Oh, dogs. I thought she was calling her pit bull. That would be funny. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. 305. Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> Fireball. <laughs> I am delirious. But it ends with, and I just wrote down, Whitney's trying to do too much. She's also inserting herself everywhere. And I think that she sees this season as her opportunity to take center stage now that she has separated from heather last season she's kind of on her own right now trying to do the most it's not coming off great in my opinion i wrote right here heather continues to be the mvp of the season her and monica and heather only because she she knows her role this year i yeah. fucked up last year sit back let these women do their thing have a funny one-liner chime in and this is the heather i fell in love with the first two seasons i'm not fully back on board yet i like the route she's going monica is killing it yeah. She is fantastic. Her comebacks are great. Her arguments make sense, which we don't get a whole lot of that. So I love that the arguments make sense. And my favorite thing, when she goes off on a rant, it's consistent. Like there's a, a start, there's a middle, there's an end. Everything connects. Yep. And I get what point she's trying to make. Yeah. No, that make, does make a lot of sense. And I'm interested to see how the viewers kind of warm up to Monica or don't. 
so because far, it is like a weird received well and it is like a really interesting addition to a housewife group that honestly like salt lake mormon money look at all this money look at all of our things that we have going on here we're going to talk about our labels the whole time to throw somebody in there who I, for lack of a better word, understands the middle class the common man. into the common man into a housewife show common man where or woman. this has been a full on just showcase of how much money people have to throw somebody into the middle of that. And obviously she knows how to speak. She knows how to talk. We know about her past. So, sure. you know, there's some issues there. That's fine. Everybody's got fucking issues, though. Not going to excuse that. But she's showing up in a completely different way than we've ever seen on a housewife show. So it's going to be interesting to see how the viewers like that or don't like that. I agree because we have seen gripes in the past with other housewives in yeah. which they're like, they don't have the glamorous lifestyle. That's why I watch this show, blah, blah, blah. I know you and you know me. And like, we appreciate having this vantage point. Like, this perspective is really interesting. And I think it is because of how she goes about it. I think if yeah. you put somebody in the same position that doesn't have the same approach and that isn't tough enough to go up against these women, like she doesn't back down. I love that. Yeah. I love that she calls, she goes up to Heather and uh, who else was sitting there? Was it Meredith? And she says, is Angie Lisa's little bitch? And they're like, yep. yep. And she's like, yeah, boom. And then she comes and she goes, what'd you say? <laughs> she's like she's like lurking around in the background just bobbing back and forth like, what's what's what the, what the hell did you say, say about me and she goes well you're a trampoline with eyes and like walks away we're gonna have your whole murder your whole family I'm murdered gonna, i'm gonna call a hit out on everybody you've ever talked to or i'm gonna make a t-shirt it's a flip of a coin at this point i don't know what i'm gonna do yet but i'll let you know <laughs> i just I, there's there's clearly a power rankings here we'll do that next week i think but as of right now, Monica, keep doing what you're doing. Angie, you need a complete overhaul of your game plan here because your playbook is not working. Mary, uh, wild card, I don't know yet. Keep doing what you're doing, I think. Yeah, I, don't know. I need, but, it, I, again, need I, more. I just want, Slippery slope. I just don't want her on the screen all yeah, the time. So here's the thing. It's, it's not that I want her involved in the conversation directly. Yeah. I want to hear how she would like comment on it, even if it's just a confessional and she's in the background, but she witnesses it. Right. That I'm not saying I need her in the argument because I don't think she's going to bring anything of substance to it. I think it's going to kind of derail the argument. Yeah. I just want her commentary. That's yeah. It. I could use her more at the bar at the end of the show than yes. I obviously could have during the trust fall thing because the trust fall thing is just like the snowball fight. It's such a mismatch of everybody kind of running around and doing shit that, like, you're not going to get a lot of content there as it is. Agreed. I'm okay with her stepping out of that. But, yeah, throw her in the bar scene scene later, and I want to see what she says because she obviously has an issue with Whitney. She obviously has an issue with Lisa. So as soon as they start up and anything happens, she's going to chime in and say something. And that's what I I just want that. So that's I agree with you on the trust fall scene. I don't need her there. I would like to hear her retorts just being a third party watching all of that transpire at the bar. All right, but I no, I I'm obviously not out on Mary Cosby. She's she's Mary Cosby. <laughs> like yeah, she's yeah. one of a kind. She is what she is. Yeah. But that takes us to the question portion of the show. And we've got, Jesus, a lot of questions. So let's dive right into this. Let's start with some Roslick ones. Actually, no, we're gonna start with this one from Born with Finn. Why don't you root for the Flyers or 76ers? Because they're not playing right now, dude. Uh easy answer to that. Uh they both suck. They both suck. They both at the are. At the same time, like, 
we're like we were or we are Sixers fans and we have to watch them suffer every season and ruin I, our hopes and dreams. I said it on this show before and I'll say it again. I am not going to watch the Sixers until March. Yeah, like we we are fans of both of those teams. The Flyers have been in shambles for years. It's tough to watch, especially with our boy Claude Giroux, who deserves more. I love Claude and he just he never got anything from this city and it sucks. It really sucks. I am actually a big hockey fan. I think it's one of the most fun sports to go to live. Live? I think it's the best. It's fucking yeah. great. So yeah, we are Flyers and Electric. Sixers fans. We had to watch the James Harden shit. The yeah, what do you want me away. to say about the Sixers right now? Yeah, that we're, we're depressed about shambles. them. Yeah, that yeah. we're sad all the time because of them. Worry about trade scenarios yeah, or not? Dude. Back off, born with Finn. And he sent like three eyeball emojis like we don't know. Get out of here. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. For Marissa and Palma, do you think Monica's coming in too hot, trying too hard by going after Lisa immediately? No. I honestly, I, I can understand why you would think that, but it seems, and this is really all I ask for on these shows, it seems organic. It does. She is only talking about the things that Lisa has talked about herself. Absolutely. She's not bringing in other things that she's heard from Jen, hasn't which forced. we kind of thought about that she might do, and she hasn't been doing that. Well, she she's... referenced it in the first episode, but she has not used it. No, once. not yet. And I hope she doesn't, I because do honestly, you keep it on screen. You keep it for what we understand and what we see. Actually, she used Jen Shaw this episode in a very organic and real way. She's like... You were Je you were all Jen Shaw's assistants. You yeah. all did favors for, her. and that was or it, that's the way to do it. Yeah, it's it like when knocks it everybody down because that's the only thing that you're obviously you can go after the whole brother in law thing if you want to. That's low hanging fruit, but you can go after her for being the whole Jen Shaw assistant. But when she comes back with that, it kind of knocks you off. There's nothing else you can do. One thousand percent. From Danielle Moskop, will Tamra be paused this time permanently after this season? The whole show should be stopped i really genuinely think they're going to take a really really hard look at oc after the season and i'm not talking reboot i think they're going to look at this franchise and say do we need to bring it back i don't think you do you've got beverly hills out there you've got some other ones doing decent salt lake things does right well now. you know you can put it on pause you got miami coming back to bravo it's not a I peacock think that's it i think you put the franchise on an extended pause like they did with miami reevaluate yeah. in a few years yep but no don't but bring don't bring back. any of them back no <laughs> Pause reboot. A pause boot. Pause boot. Yeah, I like, I like a that. pause yeah. boot. From Vix B, do we really think Tamara was mocking Heather on her podcast? Teddy was quick to call. Yeah. Did you hear it? What are you talking about? You heard it. No, no, her no. no. She, did she mock Heather who said it originally? Oh, no. Yeah, no. I, I think that Tamara's the one who said it and she passed it off on Heather. Yeah. And then yeah. she got caught in a lie and does what Tamara does and tried to spin a web. I was being facetious or whatever the fuck she said. It would be a really weird move for Teddy and Tamara to have an inside joke and not provide any additional context that Heather was the one who said it. Absolutely. They didn't do that. You could have easily, you're listening to, or you're doing a podcast that millions of people are listening to for whatever fucking reason. Ugh. You're not going to say, oh, Heather's the one who said that on top of it to apply a little bit more pressure and shade. Yep. Instead, you're just going to leave it alone. Like, no, that, that just doesn't seem, they're not smart enough to do that. Last one, and I like this one a lot. And this is a repeat questioner, question asker. So she she has good ones. So I, I try to get new people in here. There was a lot of new ones this time, but from Christy Jedlicky, this is a good question. And we might have to think about it for a sec, but I want to get through this one. What would your drag name be? Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. What were some of theirs? One was... Um, I don't remember their name. Anita Invite, which was actually funny from Angie. Yeah. Uh, that was decent. Um, mine would be... 
Mine's, mine should be easier because my name's Steel. I feel like there's there's a layup there somewhere. I don't know. My um, brain wasn't expecting to work this hard today. Oh, Steel Magnolias. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that works. Boom. Yours could be... Yeah, think of mine for me. Okay, hold on. You're um, the creative one. Could just be Shooter Magooter. Yeah, yeah, but I can do better. Give me, give me like 30 seconds. I'll cut the 30 seconds, guys. Don't worry. Shimmer McGlimmer. <laughs> Shimmer McGlimmer. I like that. <laughs> That's the best. It works for me. Anybody, wait a minute. Boom. Here we go. All of yous out there, why don't you message us our drag names? Think yeah, of drag there we names go. Yeah. For Steel and Shooter. I like that. Send us those. We will pick out some of our favorites next week and we will read our drag names to you. That works perfectly. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got. I'm not even going to ask you if you have anything else. Because... I do. Oh, no, you don't. Go birds. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go birds. Thank you. <laughs> now, that one I'll accept. Um, but I need to go eat something greasy and gross and then curl up in the fetal position and sleep before I have to teach class in the morning. So for all of yous out there, as Shooter Magooter said, go birds, big one tomorrow, conference game. We're going to take down the commanders. We're going to spank their asses, and we're going to come out 4-0. 4-0. That's right. Maybe the last undefeated team once again. Rav, bros are out of here. See you Wednesday. Go birds. Bye. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.